0: Andy Mazur does play-by-play on WGN Radio of White Sox baseball. He must hate his job these days. Hi, Andy. How are you?
1: Oh, John, it's terrible. It's just the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, I know wait. you like doing the
0: game. I know. Listen, everybody wants to be a play-by-play guy for a major league baseball team, but the team wasn't good to begin with. Then they were amazing, and now what is this, Andy? What the heck?
1: Uh, I think they call it a market correction. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have go. no idea, really. To be honest with you, you know this this team, like you said, started out poorly and then caught fire. And the offense has been really clicking all year, and then you know it, it kind of went into a funk together. And it, you, you can kind of explain it in this way. And I think DJ and I said it the other day. You know, during that two week stretch, they were facing a bunch of completely. Great pitchers. I mean, Trevor Bauer, who had an ERA under two, Shane Bieber, who had an ERA under two. Uh, you know, and, and starts to, to kind of snowball a little bit when you when you feel like you can't hit uh, against a certain guy. You know, yeah. you, you get hung over the next day and the next day and the next day, and then you get guys that are trying to, to carry the offense by themselves, and it's it's never a really good thing for that to uh, to creep into your mind because it, it turns out poorly for you because you start to press and you're not able to hit either, and you're not helping anybody else out by by not doing what only what you can do. So, you know, there's a lot of probably a lot of other explanations for that, but
0: it's been pointed out to me that during the the good stretch we were playing teams that weren't all that good, but when they said, "Hey, the the Sox are probably going to win 32 games this year." They knew the schedule and the team has clearly overperformed. Uh, it's, it's So maybe a market correction is, in fact, what you're getting here. This is kind of about, in the long run, where the team is. Some day's good, some day's bad. Um, how optimistic are you going into the first round tomorrow?
1: You know, I'm really optimistic because the fact that the White Sox were able to set their rotation to the fact that they've got Lucas Giolito going in uh, in game one, and they've got Dallas Keuchel going in game two. Giolito obviously threw the no-hitter this year and has become one of the the better pitchers in, in all of baseball All-Star last year after uh, what he went through in 2018, and Dallas Keuchel has been through the wars before. I mean, this guy has been is playoff and battle tested. So uh, I like the fact that those guys are going back to back one two, and uh, you know you, you hope that you can take these two games and then take uh, take a little time off and, and find out who you're going to play next. So uh, that that's the yeah. big reason why I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. The other reason uh, might might surprise you is just that. You know, Luis Roberts. The last, uh, the last two day uh, last three games, even the, last, the series against the Cubs here, started hitting the ball, uh, and I think he's starting to understand what people are doing to him, what what uh, certain pitchers are trying to get him to do. He has been a little more patient at the plate, and um, he was hitting the ball real hard yesterday too. So I think that's a that's a really good sign as well.
0: Was the eighth the ninth inning of that game last night? A couple of the strangest innings you've seen in a while.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. I mean, uh, you know, obviously the Cubs had a 10 to one leads so They're bringing a kid that they, they just called up and, and, you know, the White Sox took advantage of that certainly, but you know, they, they took advantage of pitchers that had been around the big leagues for the entire season this year as well. So it was uh, kind of incredible because when it started to happen, you're thinking, oh, okay, cool. It's 10 to two. All right. It's 10 to three. It's 10 to four. Hey, it's 10 to five. Hey, wait, wait a minute. 10 to six <laughs> home run. Oh, it's 10 to eight, you know? So, I, I've seen stranger things in my life and my career, so uh, I, I wasn't putting it off at that point, but yeah, they they dug themselves a pretty deep hole yesterday that was going to be really hard to get out of.
0: How wild were some of those pitches? Yeah, they
1: were, they were pretty wild.
0: I mean, I, I wasn't watching, uh, I didn't see, I just heard you guys, and I thought, really? They, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of pitches to right-handed batters that were uh, were, were splitting the, the difference of the left-handed batter's box, and there was no chance for, uh, for a catcher unless you had uh, plastic man's arms to be able to catch that ball. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I mean, uh, the, the you know the last uh, that, that whole series was interesting. To be honest with you, I mean, the, the Cubs came in not really hitting the ball very well and uh, and not playing very well. The White Sox weren't playing well either, and uh, you know it was it was good to see the White Sox take one of those games. And uh, as it turns out, that was that was pretty important. I mean, that was a pretty important win for those guys to to realize again, hey. We can win games, and yeah. you know, we can beat uh, we can beat teams that were maybe not supposed to beat.
0: Andy, I didn't mind Wilson Contreras' bat flip in the first game when the Cubs finally got their offense together again, and he celebrated by throwing his bat over the fence. It actually went about 350 feet into the air and over the left center field wall. Uh, it was one of the most um, uh, it was one of the most flippiest bat flips you've ever seen, and. <laughs> And I did yeah, mind. Midway, and, I, midway, and midway,
1: I, air traffic control was alerted
0: and I, I give the guy that what was what was your attitude? and then of course, a couple uh, at bats later, he gets hit in the back, uh, the pitcher, the pitching coach, and the manager all get tossed. Uh, how do you score that whole thing?
1: Yeah, you know when, at first glance, you know when you when your team is getting beat, you don't like to see it. I mean i I, I didn't really think too highly of it at the time. But then I started to think to myself, you know what, well, Tim Anderson started this whole thing last year with the, with the bat slip against yep. Kansas City, and then he got hit, and there was a whole bunch of uh, repercussions from that one as well. You know, and, and I really do kind of appreciate the way Rick Hahn, the general manager of the White Sox, handled it. He said, listen, if you don't want the guy to showboat, get him out. You know, don't let him do it, um, which seems to be the way it is. I mean, now, listen, in the old days, it was, it was like that. If you, you did something to show somebody up, yeah, you were probably going to pay for it the next time you were up, and that was, uh, that was it. It was over. It was done. You know, newfangled way of playing baseball is uh, you know, the umpires don't have to give you warnings anymore. If they feel like something you're doing is intentional to try to, uh, to retaliate or to injure someone, then they're going to throw you out. That's what they did. So uh, I don't necessarily agree with the way that things are done these days with uh, the umpires having that much control over uh, you know, de- determining intent. I mean, they're having enough trouble calling balls and strikes. Uh, well, you know, cases, but... was, I, you know what the
0: intent was, though. Yeah. You know what the intent was. No, I mean, no, no I get it.
1: No, I, I, I get it. But, I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, in, in the old days, it would have been done. And that that would have would have solved everything. And, you know, you understand that that's something that's one of those quote-unquote unwritten rules. I think those unwritten rules, A, need to be written down so everybody can see them, <laughs> first of all.
0: And, that's uh, an interesting point. And, and,
1: yeah. And, B, I just I think that this is just the, the way the game has gone. And, and you know what? If, if they want to have fun and want to celebrate, well, then you've got to understand as an, an opponent, if you decide you're going to do that as well, you have to accept it from them too.
0: Yeah, right. Strike the guy out then if you don't like it. I, yeah, you liked it. it. I liked it when Tim Anderson did it, and I don't know. To me, there's such a thing as context in a bat flip too. So if it is a moment that is critical to your team and it feels honest and not just piling on, not just taunting, then yeah. I think, go ahead and do it. These are human beings who are playing important games at the highest level with the whole world watching. To ask them to yeah. disconnect their emotions or even do a bat flip, to me, is, is kind of crazy talk. And I think in that moment, for that player particularly that it was in keeping with who Wilson Contreras is. And if this yes. is going to reignite the Cubs offense, hell yeah, I'm throwing the bat. It makes sense in that case. He didn't do it to taunt the White Sox. He did it to celebrate the Cubs. That's the context yeah. that well, I put that and, in.
1: And you got to look at it this way, too. He he flipped the bat toward his dugout. Tim Anderson flipped the bat toward his dugout. Yeah. And, yeah, they are going to be people that take exception to it. You know, the, the Royals certainly did in, in that case uh, last year with uh, with Tim and uh, obviously the White Sides did a little bit here with Wilson as well. So, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're celebrating with your team and you're throwing the bat towards your dugout, you're you know, flipping into the area eight, eight miles or whatever and having to alert midway tra- air traffic control to, to alert aircraft in the area. It was quite a flip. Uh,
0: it was the flippiest yeah, bat flip was, you've ever seen.
1: It was up there, you know. If it gets to be about press box level guarantee rate field, then you know you've gotten you've got some distance out of it. But yeah, no kidding. yeah, I think that's all that's all gone now. I mean, that's that's something that's uh, kind of in the in the past here and in the rearview mirror. Both teams have uh, lots of uh, bigger fish to fry at this point. And uh, well, I guess that's a real good pun for the for the for the Cubs with the Marlins. But the uh, the White Sox will be in Oakland, and uh, it's a place they haven't fared all that well with in the, over the last few years. But uh, this is a different scenario. This is playoffs, so it's uh, it's a whole different attitude.
0: Okay, Andy, have fun. Uh, it sure sounds like you and DJR. are. Uh, we'll be listening uh, Tuesday night, and uh, hopefully we'll have more of these conversations as the playoffs progress.
1: All right, sounds good, John.
0: Take care, Andy Mazur. Andy Mazur with WGN Radio uh, Sports, I guess. huh? He's the play-by-play guy here, and uh, hopefully a lot more games this year.